Oh man, can you believe it? Strange New Worlds debuts next week. So you gotta go back in time to the season two finale of Star Trek Discovery. It's gonna be a grand old time talking about such sweet sorrow after the jump. This episode of Commander's Log is brought to you by Geek Renaissance. Need that special gift for the nerd in your life? Love supporting small business? Look no further than Geek Renaissance. The artist, Sephra, makes all items by hand and will boldly go to the final frontier for your unique gift. Head over to geekrenaissance.company.site and use the code FLOBITO, that's F-L-O-B-I-T-O, to get 10% off your order. Don't forget to follow, like, and share Geek Renaissance on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's right, y'all. Chief Communications Officer, Hello Boys, reporting for duty. Look alive, Captain on the bridge. What's up, sir? Hey! <laughs> How are you, Pally? I'm good, man. This is pretty much a marathon day for you outside of real life. I mean, you've been watching Star Trek, like, from sun up to sun down. How are you feeling? I've probably watched more Star Trek in the last two days than I have in the last two months. <laughs> and, uh, and I have to say, still love it. Still love it. <laughs> I love the the very like what Clockwork Orange. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well your, your day is not going to be done yet because after this show, after Commander's Log, you have Picard. That season is still going on, apparently. What's going on today on the Picard show on the Weber Internet thingy? We are talking about the penultimate, the next to the last. That's I, I'm assuming not everybody knows what penultimate means. I learned uh, what anti-penultimate means, the one before the next to the last, but go ahead. Really? I learned today the... in my yeah. Oh, okay. I learned that just now. Uh, this is one of the great things about being old and still learning things. You're like, I'm forgetting stuff all the time, but I'm still learning. That's true. That's true. Uh, if uh, if folks want to come over to Starbase 80 on Facebook or uh, Weber Internet Thingy, we have a Facebook page as well, as well as our YouTube page. You can watch Starbase, Starbase 80 <laughs> Supplemental Picard Season 2. Picarder. Picarder. And now. yeah, on Picarder, uh, me, Joe Townsell, uh, Leo Genesec, and Chris Pitcher will be breaking down. Um, it's called Hide and Seek. Oh, terrible title. Uh, <laughs> for uh, the ninth episode of Picard season two. And then that brings us to next week, where the final episode of Picard season two happens it's released at the same exact time as strange new worlds totally makes sense because discovery ended when picard started so sp supplemental is that going to be done for thursdays are you going to do another show there what's going on you know i really need to talk it over with the boys because thursdays Ooh. used to be a good uh day it's now with my new play that i'm in not such a great day so we'll we'll uh we'll see We'll see. I'll, I'll definitely uh, here on Commander's Log. I'll definitely have some uh, some news to share about what our next move is because we're definitely still going to do a show together. We have a lot of fun with that four man, uh, uh, you know, format. Uh, it's I, I've been doing the two man format here on Commander's Log, but also on Starbase eighty, and I love it. Uh, me and Flobito going through the universe. <laughs> analyzing, reviewing, recapping, yeah. yeah, throwing out the uh, throwing out the wise crackery, if you will. <laughs> true, true. So love uh, it. Well, I'm doing. Yeah, we'll still do that too. Well, uh, next week's gonna be strange the worlds. I'm actually going to be on assignment. I'm going to be in Florida that week, so it's gonna be a crazy balance of like vacation time to watch strange new worlds and do it. So it's gonna be a grand old time. What up, Kirsten? Kirsten's an OG man. She has like hey, 20, yeah, yeah. 20 different tablets open at the same time. She watches everything. Uh, and I appreciate the support. But we're doing uh, the season finale of Star Trek: Discovery season two. It's actually the last episode of a show we didn't cover because on Discovery or Commander's Log we covered season three and season four. This leads to that. And also, you get a healthy heaping of pike. Uh, before we get into everything, I want to have a question for you up the top. Zero to 100. How hype are you for Strange New Worlds next week? Are you oh, cautiously God. optimistic? Are you gushing? What does Captain feel? You know, every time I see another piece of what the Enterprise is like, 
with uh hey Kirsten. Uh with um with our, our good old pal uh Captain Pike, I'm more into it. I'm more excited. Mm. As a matter of fact, watching Such Sweet Sorrow Parts One and Two, um, I got even more stoked and I think I had some breakthroughs. Oh, We'll talk about that in a second. We'll get to that in a second. But my follow-up question, though, before we get to the breakthroughs, is Feed to the Fire, after slogging through Picard, will Strange New Worlds deliver? I mean, there's a lot of hype going on, going back to old-school Trek, but then you still have to give something for the newer fans or award them for being part of the Kurt Spinverse. Will it really hit, or will it be a destroyed mess prediction time? Um, I'm going to say there are a lot of traditional star trek fans and i would definitely count myself as one of them uh you know and definitely not in the sense of star trek fans hate everything new i'm not one of those traditional star trek not wrong with that (laughs) (laughs) but those guys are out there and um it has been theorized that this is the kind of show meant for them for anyone who likes really old school star trek one episode at a time you got a wisecracking, you know, handsome sense of humor, uh, captain. You've got, uh, you've, you've got, uh, basically, um, uh, Mr. Spock is actually there. Spock is yeah. there. Um, I like Ethan Peck's, uh, Mr. Spock. So that's great. Um, I, I, I honestly think that this one could cover what discovery doesn't in terms of, Oh, well, I really like Star Trek. Um, I checked out Discovery. I didn't like that so much. Okay. This is me personally. This is this is other fans. I got the um, accent. But but <laughs> you realize I was playing the character. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um I, I think it I think it will help us get coverage in terms of the fans. I think it could be a lighter show, which would be great because mm. I'm one of those people who suffers from Doctor Who exhaustion oh i didn't know that existed is that a condition can you is it cure and there's no cure uh you know there mm. is a cure you stop watching doctor who <laughs> that's, that's what about. i did and, and i don't have the exhaustion anymore um <laughs> every episode it's the universe reality the fabric of time these like the biggest concepts in the world every week it's so in danger. It's so at the brink. You can only tell me that Earth is going to be destroyed like 50 weeks a year. I got to have two weeks just for me. What do you want Dr. Who to do? Like go shopping a week? <laughs> Fix a flat tire? Like <laughs> the world's there, in danger, man. <laughs> there are smaller stories. And, and uh, Star Trek has always been good at that. Star Trek's like, look, if things get a little too exhausting, let's spend a little time with one crew member or maybe three crew members and we'll do an A story, a B story, and a C story. Um, classic uh, Deep Space Nine, you know, who are they focusing on this week? Is it O'Brien? Is it Kira? Um, you know, I don't love that. I wouldn't say that's what I want, but you got to have your balance. True, and true. I, I do feel like Discovery... Discovery looks for a balance, and I actually do admire that greatly about Discovery. Yeah. But if you can get me more into kind of the fun side of Starfleet, I would love that in addition, you know? I I like the fact you said that, the balance of Discovery, because I think Discovery tells a story, much like the House of Cards show on Netflix, their stories are two season chapters. So I'm glad we get to talk about this book in now, because this is the last season in the present future <laughs> the ah, present future ah, before they go to the future future uh before yeah. we get into like plot points and cool moments and all that jazz you said you had some breakthroughs tell it to me captain okay um when they introduced the very first pilot so that would be the cage of mm-hmm. classic star trek uh jeffrey hunter played captain pike and um leonard nimoy played mr spock but almost everybody else was kind of different on the crew they had different people on the crew and one of the uh characters on the crew was number one played by majel barrett right a lot of people have pointed this out that number one and we find out her name was una 
Uh, she is a logical, not very emotional, low-voiced, authoritative character. Uh, Spock, at the very beginning, is wacky. He's yes. loud. He's excited. He laughs. Um, actually, and on Starbase 80 coming up this Sunday, we're going to be analyzing short treks that have to do with Captain Pike's Enterprise. And w one of them, Q&A, actually does address this. Uh, also available on Weber Internet Thingy. I, I'm very excited about this. So you can join us for uh, Starbase 80 or Weber Internet Thingy uh, for that. But um, they brought back Una for uh, Captain Pike's you know, Strange New Worlds series. And she's played by Rebecca Romaine. I was on Rebecca Romaine's show, Pepper Dennis. Oh, yeah. The CW classic. And uh, she was not very nice. Oh, and I hate that. Was it WB? I hate that WB show. <laughs> and so when I was told, oh, yeah, number one's going to be on the show, I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, who Who's playing her? Oh, no, not Rebecca Romaine. <laughs> Is that going to be difficult? Do you have to like see through it? Because you be like, well, it was a good scene, but it's still Rebecca Romaine. Or it's kind of like, well, water on the bridge. Well, what's the... Here's the thing. I felt this, this like, ugh, I don't want to watch her playing this character. She's not a good enough actor. She's, they're going to give her all these like superpowers. They're going to make her like super cool. You know, the thing that they were saying when they announced that this number one was coming back was like, you think you know her, but you don't. I'm like, oh, no, I know her. <laughs> I spent two days with her shooting her show. She was an ass. Uh, however, in watching Such Sweet Sorrow on Discovery, I really got into it. I, I actually thought Rebecca Romaine did a decent job playing this character. I am not always there for the you know, heroic female character who can do everything, I, you know, because I don't even like the male characters that can do everything. Being able to do everything is boring. But, wow. But we'll see. I, I honestly think that she is human enough. She is fallible enough, this character. And Rebecca Romaine played that well. I, I'm actually, that was a breakthrough for me. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to object to her being there. Yeah, I'm also curious how that's going to land because uh, it seems that in TOS, and uh, those old scientists, that Spock was a number one if chief science officer. And kind of, yeah, it was always a logical side of Kirk's cavalier nature. But now you have someone who's literally the number one. Are we going to get some, like, I don't know, bureaucracy storylines, which is kind of weird advocating for that. <laughs> I really hope there's chain of command issues on Tracy Worlds. Oh, goody. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, if I can just jump in really quickly, but one of the things we find out about Captain Pike in Discovery is that he's all about talent and like ideas, people, ideas, give me ideas. I don't know. You know, I don't care who you are. You give me an idea. It's all good to me. So I like that. That kind of works for me. I do think the, the um, crew could be a bunch of pieces that don't immediately fit together. Yeah. And, and he's the glue. That would yeah. be cool. Uh, you know what? I think this is kind of, and again, well, I promise we'll get to the show, but <laughs> uh, I think it's kind of the opposite or the, the inverse, not the opposite, the inverse of TNG, right? Because a lot of times it's kind of like problem. And then they'll probably be like, hot girl, hot girl, great tea, hot, and play that order. <laughs> and they will come together. But this one's yeah. kind of the same thing, but in a very Kirk way. So it's like you're yeah. getting that teamwork from Picard, but in a very Kirk way where it's like, uh, all right, fly good, or whatever he says. So, yeah. I like it. Yeah, I mean, there's a um, there's an element of Kirk having always taken himself seriously, and of course, Kirk they've already announced is like on season two of Strange New Worlds. They're, they've Spoiler already spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> they've already started shooting. That's please still tune in next week. As we're no, I'm <laughs> but I'm I'm looking forward to all of that because you can definitely tell me that this is a different kind of Spock because. The Spock that we know from TOS, those old scientists, that's a mature Spock. That's a Spock who went through some stuff. Yeah. So this being a younger Spock, a more forming, you know, who he is kind of a guy, that'd be cool. And he's kind of like a, a hot shot. Uh, I really like watching him on on the, uh, you know, the, the Pike 
enterprise because he's the science officer. He doesn't have administrative duties. He's not He's not there to take over the con. They got number one to do that. So I think it's going to be a little more of a loose cannon. And I kind of like that. Yeah. And I like, I like the fact that you have three parts. You have the Spock we all know and love, or four parts. The Spark we all know and love. The Spock, not Spark. The Spock we all know and love, classically, the Spock from the Cage or the Menagerie, if you ever saw that one. Uh, the one from Discovery, the Search for Spock season, because apparently Searching for Spock is all the rage. And now this gap has Spock. to fill. <laughs> yeah, that's Spock, man. It's like, that's the one we found. The walls of space. Uh, <laughs> but now you have the, like a bridge from Discovery Spock to the Spock, well, at least the Spock we know, into the so it'd be kind of cool to see how he gets his own stoicism of maturity on top of being a Vulcan, which is kind of cool. right, right. And you know, let's let's always remember this about Vulcans. Vulcans are always a work in progress. It's not that they don't have emotions; it's that they are constantly trying to find a way to operate above emotions, and and they push it all down. And that's uh, that's going to come into play. Also, his relationship with his wife is, mm-hmm. is going to come up. Uh, we see that in the previews. I'm very, very stoked for this show. Anyway, uh, how stoked am, am I on a scale of 1 to 100? 100. Damn! I am cautiously optimistic. I, I feel like whatever they're going to give me, I'm going to like. Uh, yeah. the, the the color palettes alone, and we'll talk about this more on Starbase 80, because I think they, the short checks really do this. It really feels like you're going on a space adventure. I don't say Discovery isn't that, but to me, I like to think of, of, of Strange New Worlds to be a pirate swashbuckling adventure compared yeah. to a war show in Discovery. But that's just me. Craig Robinson, what up, man? Thanks so much for your support the channel this week. Craig Robinson means a hey, lot to Craig. me. Says, Don't forget Kinto Spock. You know, I like that too. Again, yes. I, I, I've seen all the J.J. Abrams or Kelvin uh, Trek movies. They're pretty fun. Yeah. People don't really like them. They're not real Trek to a lot of people, but I like them. They're they're um you know um they're very fast and furious, and I know you dig your fast. Hell and yeah, furious. bro! Uh, well, here's the thing about Fast and Furious, and again, I said this five minutes ago, but I'm promised we're getting to the episode. <laughs> Is the first the first Fast and Furious took itself way too seriously for me. I felt like okay, you're racing cars, you're you're not saving. Yeah, you're stealing DVD players, but you're not changing the world. <laughs> Right. The second one was just a bunch of guys racing in Miami. So that was my favorite one because that was, to me, the onboard I needed. So yeah. when I go back to, like, TNG and seeing as a six-year-old kid, a seven-year-old kid, that same Picard sitting in a room thinking really hard about space, I'm like, ah, boo, you know? But but seeing, like, a Klingon war in the first episode of Discovery, I'm like, yes! You yeah. know, as Homer Simpson yeah. says, crotch-grabbingly good. So I, t- <laughs> I totally get it. Uh, <laughs> I, I totally get it. There is, and and you you bring it up uh, so perfectly, that there is a difference between adventure and crisis. That's really what I wish I had said way back in the beginning. You know, for me, Doctor Who was all about crisis. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of discovery has been about crisis. And that's okay, as long as you can balance it with people I care about, which is a reason why I will come back. And Discovery's great at that. There are characters on Discovery I love. If you told me they're never going to make another one, I'd be freaking crying my eyes out. Oh, yeah. Like like an anime character with those, like, (laughs) (laughs) The one thing that I know they had to do for Discovery, but I did not like, and and I like it, I see it now with season one and two is a retrofit. I think the original Discovery is such a beautiful craft. I actually want to get a, a copy of her on my desk, uh, Majestic. Um, a but, beautiful ship, yeah. But let's talk about that balance. Now, Discovery, we know season three and four is in the future, future, year 3000. But the reason why they have to go there is the reason why we're here today. Uh, thoughts about Control and Leland as the big bad in season two. Looking back now, we've seen the Emerald Chain, we've seen yeah. the Burn, we've seen everything else. When it comes right. to villains in, in the show, what's your feeling about Leland? Did he hit it for you? Um, You know, I have a hard time with AI being the villain because okay. to me, that's abstract. Um, You know, what we're going through right now in Picard season two, Picarder, is uh, we're dealing with the Borg queen and she has a personality. She, 
she can be a mustache twirling villain. She doesn't actually have a mustache. That's just a symbolic thing I'm saying. If you want to see me do my Sakal impression, make me watch Picard season two. I just go, ah, <laughs> every week. But sorry, your point. <laughs> um, this is an obvious villain, and uh, Adam Sung is in there as well. Um, obvious villain. Um, when we meet Leland, he is with Section 31. Section 31 is the CIA of Starfleet. It's the... Um, Black Ops. Yeah, the shady kind of behind-the-scenes ops, like, thank you, Lucky Stars. You don't have to know what they go through because you would never sleep at night if you knew. <laughs> like, all this, you know, kind of foreboding, portentous crap. Uh, so there's where it starts. Leland himself, uh, I can't even remember the name of the actor, uh, very unappealing. <laughs> you know, sorry, dude. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. you're great in other roles. But when they shoot you in Uggo vision and you're just <laughs> like a guy made out of stubble, it's uh, Alan, Alan von Sprang. Yep. Alan von Sprang. Um, you know, I just, I never liked the character. I never got why he was important. I didn't feel that control itself was introduced to us in a scary way. And yeah. so many villains are. Um I mean, heck, the the Klingons were were scary when they introduced them uh, in Discovery. There were so many ways that they could have made that better, and instead they just kind of made it like, oh, and now he's been taken over by an AI, an AI, yeah, yeah, you know, like a computer personality eh, or whatever. It's like, yeah. oh, you know, yeah. it, I didn't feel that this villain was ever drawn out well enough that I knew, oh yeah, that's a villain. You know, I, I feel the same way. As much as I love Discovery, and I, I, I profess that love weekly or semi-weekly. Uh, that's, really that, that's been an Achilles heel for Discovery, I feel. Much like Marvel movies. Like, everyone loves Loki, but if you think about the, the, the role of villains in these Marvel films, they really are one-dimensional, or they have uh, something that's really awful. Let's for, for Killmonger. I mean, he was right, but everyone else is kind of like, eh. I really feel like a lot of these big bads don't really hit the way I do. Species 10C wasn't a letdown necessarily, but it was kind of like, okay, great. Emerald Chain is supposed to be like a crime syndicate, but the crime syndicate was ran by Margot Kidder's niece. <laughs> so Leland, to me, again, I felt like I get the idea of the threat, but the package of the threat wasn't threatening. Yeah, yeah. Like, it could have been worse. Yeah. <laughs> and when you, I, you know you're a writer, when, when things are bad, you got to make them worse. Yeah, gotta and and now granted, I, and I will give this to Discovery. I feel like um, in the course of their stories, things get very dire. That's They're true. not bad at that, but yeah, where's your bad guy here? Where is your inescapable? Oh my God, we have to face this guy. There's no getting away from this villain. Where is that? You can say it's there, but it's like, eh, it's so boring. It's just a guy who's got a shaved head and a, you know, he's just got a big head of stubble. Yeah. <laughs> but he's a wow. computron. Yeah. All right. Wow. Jason Satham has entered the chat. Uh, but now it's time for a brand new segment of the show. It's called Thank You, Cap John. <laughs> <laughs> because a couple weeks ago, we had saw an episode of Short Treks featuring Princess Now Queen Poe, which I had not seen when I saw these two episodes. And to me at the time, I thought, okay, random day as machina, happens to know what's going on. But yeah. thanks to Short Treks and your recommendations, this got totally filled out as to why the crew needs to go to the future. Princess Poe, Queen Poe, thoughts about her? She hit you differently this go around? So so much so so differently um i i had not watched the star the short trek when i watched it the first time so yeah when we watched the short trek you and i pretty recently and now seeing her again and those great little like eyes she's got and she's you know she just reminds me so much of like a new york chick she's got like she's uh, <laughs> the eyes from <laughs> well she's got like the so tattoos weird. and the piercings and she's just like you know she she's got that great confidence and and just like she got sass. I just love her. So yeah. yeah, it actually was really great to see her in the uh context of oh, I saw that story with her and, and Tilly. 
um, for the first time to be able to put that out. She is a huge part of this story. Actually, almost every character that they've run into comes back and helps. And I love that about this two-parter. That was a great thing for me. Now, one of the things I liked about season four of Discovery is the return to science, right? After the season three emotional thing. Uh, I felt like I bought the science better the first time I saw it. Of the, oh, you know, dilithium, the recharge, we can send you out to space. I know it's hard to justify sending anyone out into the future. But did it really, that part, did that make sense to you? Or did it go over your head like I did because I'm old? Um, I got to say... I appreciated all of that. I thought that they had kind of gotten themselves into a pickle by saying everything that we're doing is 10 years before the original Star Trek. Mm -hmm. That means that they can't have technology that's better than. And, you know, one of the things that I wanted to bring up about this one, and I hate that I, I even care. I hate that I care. <laughs> hate that I care. Hate that I care. However, I am not in love with the idea, and I know the whole series of Discovery was predicated on this. I'm not in love with the idea that Michael Burnham is Mr. Spock's secret sister. You're not okay with this? I've never really bought into that. Mostly because if you told me the story of Michael Burnham even if she was raised by Vulcans, I, I don't even mind that part. If you told me that story and she never had a familial relationship with Spock, I would have been fine. I would have liked her just as much as I like her. I wouldn't have checked out of the story at any point. It's this search for Spock thing, this mentioning Spock, all of this thing I, I felt was extra. You think you know a person? <laughs> We've been working for almost two years, Captain. And now, on the eve week of Strange New Worlds, you go, meh, heart is shattered. Where are we, though? At the end of Such Sweet Sorrow, they actually say it is against the law to remember Michael Burnham is Spock's sister. Yes. <laughs> Uh, it was against a lot to go to Talos 4. We went there too. It's okay. What are laws, man? <laughs> what are laws? I mean, they go so far to erase the relationship and, and the memories and the records that contain the idea that discovery existed. There was a spore drive, um, that there was a Terran empire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is, is you people. Right, you people caused this because it was out there living its own canon. There, people were like, "Wait a minute, there was vehicle screens in this show, but it's holograms in this show." Right, right. Um, I, I just want to say for for someone who had very minimal knowledge of Star Trek and seeing Discovery first, I appreciated that because when you don't know what Star Trek is, let's say you saw a poster for Star Trek, it's always Spock. Spock is always there. He's like the main guy. Yeah, I remember Picard, but he's like the main. So you know of them, but to me, I thought that that was a cannon bus I couldn't catch. That bus that went down the road. But you tell me there's like a secondary bus that's moving a little slower. That's the cousin or the relative of this character. That to me is not allowing me to jump on. Now, I bet if Discovery came out this year, they probably would never have done that. But I am so glad they did because now I want to know about what it means to be human and what it means right. to be Vulcan. So I, right. I get it as like a, okay, new universe, here you go. But it is kind of necessary. But to hear you say, John, disappoints me. So, I, <laughs> you know, I had two, I had two attitudes going into Discovery. One was, wait, they're not like making me happy by making Mike, Michael Burnham Spock's sister. I didn't ask for that. That was never necessary to me. But the other thing I had going on was, ah, tell your story. Yeah. Do whatever you want. It's your story. Yeah. I, I really felt like there was something in a writer's room, and I'm, of course, speculating. It was like, we have some meeting seeking Martin Green. She's fantastic, but she's she can't be full Vulcan because the atmosphere of Vulcan and Navarre doesn't preclude Black people, let's be honest. Even though there was Tuvok. Uh, in, in things once you once you have that balance of she's human and then her parents are are, are dead or whatever or 
missing, right? Yeah, I, but that's I loved the thing. It. She's an orphan. I mean, that's that's very Star Trek. I loved it. I felt like it was overcorrection because I remember when now when I go back and watch the Tuvok episodes, there was a lot of hate <laughs> about the idea of a dark skinned Vulcan, even though Vulcans were originally green. And yeah, so I'm getting down dark road. Anyway, <laughs> I just want to say. I look, I, you know, I love the fact that there are people from Bajor of different colors, that there are people from all these different planets of different colors and, and, you know, diversity on a planet. We have that here. We have so much diversity on this planet so much so that um, the natives of Australia and the natives of New Zealand are so different. Oh, they and, are? Yeah, they are. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> And, and, and that's and you know most people when they hear that accent go well they're the same thing right very very different diversity is how nature works it's also are, are the vulcans you know infinite diversity and infinite combinations that's that's the key to life that's the key to how things work so I'm all for that uh and you know screw anybody who has a problem with a black woman being the star of discovery go to hell uh no. we've been there a long time and yeah. uh where you know admirals and captains are of all the different races all the different ethnicities all the different genders and we're there now and that's a good place to be joe tazzle the joe tazzle says flobo i never see you at their headphones are you a vulcan presence that would be highly illogical uh our next question i have moving on uh, yeah, no, we mentioned right. i was a vulcan the entire time i'm an advocate of vulcan rights oh, okay uh we we see stamets and culber and it, it didn't hit me until yes. watching it back but these guys i've been looking for a break for years yes. <laughs> they, they're never getting that vacation yes ever so <laughs> what a it's tragic true. love story <laughs> I, I kind of love that because when you look at the love stories within Star Trek, A, there aren't a lot of them. And B, they always go by these very, I mean, I think of like Miles O'Brien, Miles and Keiko O'Brien from uh, Next Generation and then later Deep Space Nine. And it is such a women are from Mars. I'm sorry, men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. Ooh, it's so like early 90s in its delineation of all men are like Miles. They're not, by the way. All yeah. women are like Keiko. They're not at all. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to hang with the boys, but my true of her wife says, watch my children. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> it's like... And, and then the shrew of the wife is like, oh, he's just sitting around moping. I know. I'm going to trick him into going and hanging out with his friends. Like, ugh. the 90s version of men versus women was pretty awful. Uh, UPN. Remember Pigsty? Oh, <laughs> my God. Man. Pigsty. Holy cow. <laughs> Holy cow. Pigsty. Yeah, I remember it well. I think I watched it like, you know, five weeks or something. And I was like, I can't hang with it. That's the inaugural season of UPN. That's all John and I do when his camera's not rolling. His UPN references. <laughs> Platypus Man's up next. Uh, we were there. We were there. We were there, but but I was on Homeboys in Outer Space. The first he version. was, and you gotta get the get the pilot. It's really true. He looked like a million dollars, handsome fellow, just the best jawline on the planet. Fiery red hair, just working on his screen. It was great. I I pretty much was uh, that shows Miles O'Brien, and I think Ugh. they were like boring. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. I yeah, but I still love when he says particles. Uh, <laughs> So Irish. Uh, but yeah, this, this poor tragic love story. I know in the end of season four, they're like, we're taking a break after this too. This time it was Culver. Yeah. Uh, are they going to have a chance to relax? Or are this going to put the ringer forever and ever and ever? Well, I mean, you know, it's so funny because, um, you know, entertainment, people being happy is not good entertainment. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but you can take a time in there, have a happy phase. It has something else go down. <laughs> well, and, and that has happened. Like, um, I, I loved when we were watching uh, Such Sweet Sorrow, parts one and two. Uh, it looks like they're breaking up. And um, they are coming out of a very hard time where Culber was dead. And then they brought him back. Thank and now know. he's a different person. And, you know, how do you go back to your relationship when you've been through so much stuff and and... 
uh, and maybe it'll never happen. So he uh, he and Stamets are going their own separate ways. And then as the attack uh, from Section 31 slash control happens, they reunite. And it's a beautiful thing. And I got to tell you, I've known a lot of uh, very heteronormative guys uh, watching the show. And I'm always so happy that they feel the way I feel, which is, ah, they're a cute couple. (laughs) Really? Because Sam's is kind of uptight, man. I'm like, Cobra, bro, you could do a lot better. And then they go to the future, and it's like 70 crew members. I go, whoops. (laughs) At a time, Cobra, you had options. (laughs) Now you're just kind of stuck with them. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. It's a pretty gay universe out there. (laughs) Okay. You see, like, what are the human? They're like warriors on Earth. They're like, poor. Dang. Um, true. That's true. I always say they are they are pretty cute. Yeah. They're they're hardcore on earth. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm I'm just saying, um, they have a family now, you know. They they adopted Adira and they adopted Gray. So um it, the there is a line where Hugh comes back to Stamets and he says, You're my family, and I'm going wherever you're going. And that's why he goes into the future. I'd forgotten he was never intending to go to the future. But he did it because Stamets is going. And that's just sweet. That's romance. I love that. So, yeah, I mean, look, they're going to have good times. We're not going to see them. It's not part of television. (laughs) All off screen. (laughs) What a great three months. But how could you? Smack. Uh, Let me ask you a question of this, Carl. Homeboys now space. If someone (laughs) gave you the proposition to go a thousand years in the future, do you take the bait or do you say no? Oh, that's 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 a tough question because honestly, I really kind of love my life. Um, if, you, no, I'm just if you had asked me in my late twenties, um, my mid twenties, uh, actually before I met my wife, uh, ding, um, I might have said yes. I mean, if if you could, if you said that we could be like Stamets and Culber, and you're like, oh, you and your wife can go, you know, a thousand years in the future. I don't know, maybe. Maybe yeah. I'm sure she'd miss her family. I wouldn't miss mine. Yeah. But but uh you know it's see that's the thing you got to remember it's as if they all died. Yeah. That's the, yeah. So they're they're doing their goodbye messages to everybody and and they realize it's done. You will not unring this bell. It, it's as if everyone expired in, in you know this big battle and uh and that's pretty sad. That's uh, that's pretty hard to do to your family. And they kind of like make it okay for Saru because his sister, I have this in my notes, his sister is a small town girl in a fishing village. And oh no, wait a minute. Now she's a fighter pilot. A very good one too, because she survives this huge battle. Well, um, city it- folk in going to flight school. Hello. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea who goes to flight school. <laughs> I okay, so is this something I never understood about Kelpians, which is learning about space and technical things and science is super easy for them? Did I just never understand that? I, I feel like it's it's something that they can take to, but they've been so forced to not take in that information okay. that when the floodgates are open, it's like a sponge, like, oh, give me everything, you know. Well, like with the first day you break your diet, you're like, ah, oh, burgers and pizza too. This is great. <laughs> it's it's uh I, I totally I ate a jack in the box last night, so I know what you oh mean. man, jealous. Oh, dude, it was awful. Oh, oh it's no. enjoyable, but awful. Oh <laughs> that is a tagline for Jack in the Box. It's enjoyable, but awful. <laughs> and uber delivers delivers it now so hey there you go why not um yeah i i guess i had always assumed that saru was unique in his ability to be so great at everything to be a prodigy if you will uh at everything um but i guess his sister is too uh you know look i'm complaining i'm still happy they showed up i'm still happy the klingons brought the baul's uh, that they've got all these ships to join the fight. It was really cool. Uh, they're totally flaming in the chat for this. Dog food tacos, two for a buck, Joe Tassel says. That's your friend? Yikes. Because <laughs> Marie says, yeah, burgers and pizza at the same time. I just had ice cream yeah. for breakfast. It was great. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm I mean, look, now. look, Jack of the Box tacos are not tacos. Mm-mm. They just call them tacos. So right. that's how I can eat them. And I did. <laughs> I ate two of them last night. 
is there a fast food chain that you will not set foot into? Like just on principle, like oh, I can't. Like I am, I am above Wiener Schnitzel or whatever. Uh, and, and I love Wiener Schnitzel, so I've never been. I, I'll I'll just oh, I really, I really recommend it. It's, it's check it out. quite good. Yeah, check it out. They've got they've got tots. If I if I remember correctly, oh, I think they do fries, but they also do tater tots, and I kind of love that. Sonic does that too. Um, you know, I'm not a big one for actual old school McDonald's. Oh, the OG, the Golden Arches. That shows you that you're at Safe Harbor, or where you go on the planet. A universal translator of fast food culinary excellence. The home of the Grimace. <laughs> not a fan. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. Sorry. I have to ask you this question. There's What's a that? there's there's the character of Gus on the show Psych. Yeah, and, yeah. And played by Dooley Hill, and um, he at one point somebody says something about Grimace, and um. And Gus says, "Hey, don't be, don't be talking down Grimace because he's a no. brother." Yeah, absolutely. Grimace is a black guy. Uh, yeah, everyone that. <laughs> yo, let's let's no, let's be real. Ronald was was peach black white. The hamburger was a white dude. We don't know what that bird chick was doing. Grimace is chilling by himself in the corner, just happy to be there. Grimace is a brother, you know, being a hundred percent himself. Didn't have to dress a certain way. Just. just... Terrible. Treated as a that. villain, treated as a villain when they first met him, but then they yes. realized that he was their friend, and then had they a, stopped like being mean to him. Had a straight street name, Grimace. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I'm a tiny and Grimace. We chill on the block. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite things in the whole world. Is that Grimace is a black I guy? I thought everyone knew that. I really thought <laughs> he he was a brother in town. I love it so much. I'm okay. Sorry. Yeah. Well, it's it's canon. It's canon, folks. It's canon. <laughs> Although it's, when I was a kid, I was a fan of Mary McCheese. Uh, but, but, but Grimace is a brother. Uh, yeah, I mean, Mary McCheese, clearly like a Kennedy. Clearly like somebody whose entire family was in politics. I mean, he's he's not a good politician at all. He, he clearly got that, you know. He's um, the guy that made Billy Beer on the side. Uh, Joe also said, if that McDonald's and Vulcan, it'd be exactly the same on Earth. I know. I don't know how they do it, but it make a Big Mac taste the same way from Duluth to Des Moines. The same thing. I've been in plenty of weird towns going, thank God those fries. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if Vulcan has McDonald's, then Romulus has Arby's? Oh, they're evil. Absolutely evil. You can keep those meats. I have never been satisfied at an Arby's. I'm always like, this looks so good in the picture. Oh, God. <laughs> the turnovers are good, though. I love the turnovers. That's... <laughs> I mean, I, I was always a big one for Arby's, but uh, but you know me. I, I like the underdog. Man, that, that cheese is like nuclear orange. Uh, but at the point of the show, uh, <laughs> speaking about things we absolutely love, <laughs> right. now we have two whole years of book. Where does Ash stack when it comes to Michael's experiences in romance? Isn't that crazy? I mean, when you watch this, you're just still very much seeing the Ash and Burnham romance that existed in, I guess it's the first two seasons, right? It's both yeah. seasons. Joe Townsville, stop. Joe Townsville says he's a spinoff fast food show developing. Let me get a mad at John for shunning McDonald's. Every week we're going to review and re <laughs> recap a fast food restaurant. I don't know. It could work. <laughs> sure, I thought doing a Star Trek this week. So anyway, Burger King is so overrated. <laughs> but uh, but when you go back to Ash, like there's that moment where they walk away. You know, she's walking away, and then she runs back and gives him the big kiss. And it's always so cute to me because um, she is so tiny and he is so tall. It just reminds me of almost every relationship I've ever had. Yeah, you know, it was also weird. Um, totally not about Star Trek, but Tinder, and that I guess I'm new to this, but I didn't know there's so many ladies with height requirements. Now, I'm six foot, so that doesn't bother me. But you see someone going, I'm five foot eight, a man has to be taller. I was like, But what if he's a jerk? <laughs> doesn't care, he's tall, fine, fine, whatever. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, look, I, I loved tall women, I've always loved tall women, but it just never worked out with any of them, it was never gonna happen. Um, my, my wife is relatively tall. My wife's, uh, five, eight, yeah. uh, but most of my girlfriends were like five, two, five, four, you know, five, five at the, at the tallest, I think. And yeah, we look ridiculous walking side by side. It's true. Like six, three, correct. I six, three. And honestly, I've shrunk a bit as I've gotten older. I used to be six, four, almost six, five. 
Yeah, he was so. massive. The size of Sheamus or, or The Rock, but. Uh, or uh, Triple H, if you hear, listen to Triple H tell you how tall he is, because he claims he's like almost 6'5". No, he is he, he, His lifts were so thick. Even I knew back then he was lying to himself. Uh, my quote of the week, and I want your opinion on this, uh, was when your boy Pike is going to be beamed down, and then your Joe goes, oh, by the way, I'm Taryn, and I'm from your universe, the Mirror Universe. And Pike goes, Mirror Universe? What's that? Wink. Let's uh, oh. that. I love that. I mean, we, I think we all knew coming out of Discovery Season 2 at this point that they were going to do a Strange New World series, so Pike was going to have his own show, but I think we'd also been told that Section 31 was going to get their own show. Um, I, I haven't heard any news lately about that, but I, I would bet it's still up in the air, and I really think they tried to put everybody in a position uh, where they might be able to to do that mm -hmm. uh still and and uh, we know that she goes to the future uh giorgio mm -hmm. and that that's a that's a whole debacle that's a whole terrible thing that has to be solved right. um and i believe she goes back in time um at that point i think the guardian uh, forever uh, giving it yeah away. paul gofoyle yep <laughs> <laughs> lieutenant brass <laughs> from csi uh, vegas las vegas yep right right um I, you know, I was really hoping by now we would have our Section 31 show. I honestly think it's it's doable. It's interesting. Um, but yeah, you know, we're going to have a lot of shows at once at this point. So uh, I, I kind of get, you know, we're going to hold that one off. But to answer your question, I do think that was one of my favorite moments in the whole thing, which was, you know, that's just Pike. That's just classic Pike. Like, yeah, I don't worry about that stuff. Ding. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very classic in the swashbuckling way. Almost, uh, I don't want to compare him because they're so different, but it, the, the way Pike is portrayed to me reminds me of a very obscure show. But I'll just say Bruce Campbell. But people always ask, do you mean like Ash Bruce Campbell or Burner was Bruce Campbell? Like, no, Jack of all trades Bruce Campbell. When he was playing that swashbuckling pirate, he didn't know what the heck was going on. Very like, oh, barrel chest kind of thing. Um, I have recently been watching uh, The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. Wow. ABC? Um, Fox. It was a Fox show, I believe. I could be wrong, but I think it was a Fox show. And um, and I think they only went 13 episodes. It's Sounds it's right. out there. You can find it out there. I think it might be on Tubi. Um, but it's uh, a very, um, yeah, I, I love that, you know, devil may care, dashing, square-jawed hero. And yes, Bruce Campbell does a very good version of that. What's interesting about uh, John and I is that since I grew up in the 90s and I didn't have cable, I watch a lot of obscure television because when I think of Battle Tested Heroes, Jack of All Trades, remember Captain Zoom? Like, these are things that no one yeah. really talk about. Yeah. Uh, and we have even more of that. South UPN and Civil Syndication and Fox. Uh, but yeah, so as we uh, land this plane, this USS Post show, uh, this season, uh, this episode for the end of season two of Star Trek Discovery. Was there any moment in particular that stuck out for you as makes you go, oh my gosh, what, what popped to you this week? Um, I really loved seeing the Enterprise. I know that's like super obvious. It's like, well, of course you're going to love the Enterprise. You're going to love when they play the little, you know, the music is playing. Then all of a sudden you hear a little like all that stuff just rubs my fur the right way you know it just makes me really i know that's a weird thing to say uh it just makes me really happy so um that happiness has been in my heart burning like a little flame ready for strange new worlds to begin i am so stoked for next week because we're gonna get to see an enterprise not the enterprise but an enterprise and we're going to see an Enterprise crew. We're going to get to see Nurse Chapel, uh, uh, Uhura. There's going to be a lot of characters that um, had been introduced in the first series. And I love the fact that, uh, <laughs> that Major Barrett played uh, number one and Nurse Chapel. And each of them is a character on the show. That's, That's pretty cool. That entertains me to no end. But, you know, basically Major Barrett's doing two parts. Uh, kind of a small note. I do like the fact that the Enterprise has a different like sound. Like it goes like it's space. It shouldn't have a sound at all. But it's like 
you know, it's pretty, pretty cool. It makes you feel like you're a different thing, different sound palette. Let's talk about more that. that yeah. yeah, let's talk about this more on, the, on Starbase 80 uh, this weekend as we go through the short tracks about that. But Absolutely. I, I do like the fact there's a different color palette. There's no holograms because we hate holograms all of a sudden. Whatever. View uh, screen. screens. Okay, because this guy doesn't <laughs> like them. Does that even work in the military? I hate those uniforms. Change them. That doesn't, that's not how, okay. Right, well, Starfleet is really weird that way. Like, um, especially when you uh, look in the original series. Like, I didn't, I hadn't noticed this till you and I started doing these shows, that they all have different insignias. Mm -hmm. And and so what we're used to, the crest that we're used to of uh, Star Trek, that's not uniform for every other ship. Every other ship has their own kind of you know insignia. Um, so it's cool that we're going back to the original there. You're going to see, you're going to see a lot of stuff you're used to seeing. Uh, the variations on the, on the costumes are great too. Yeah. I feel like there's been so many different uniforms in different shows, even with Prodigy getting their own. And I still think, man, Star Trek too. Woo! A little, a little naval collar, the, the, the sea shanty, uh, fisherman's friend. Look, <laughs> totally about that. I want to, I, I want to do that for Halloween this year. <laughs> i think that's so funny this giant, giant like that look man i get hot okay this, yeah. there's a reason why i wear tank tops all the time i get hot that would be murder for me i would rather wear the orange zip up jumpsuit oh, oh gosh than that thing <laughs> yeah i'll get you the enterprise jumpsuit instead it's been that long I've got okay. That's time for us to get out of here. I'm singing. I might have even been drinking, guys. I'm already singing off key. Uh, this is Commander's Log, your one-stop shop for Strange New World Discovery content. Strange New Worlds debuts next week. I can't wait. Captain John, we got to get out of here because you got a show just momentarily talking about that Picarder. Uh, if they want to get get with you, hook up with you. I mean, not that way, but hook up with you digitally for the show. How to go about doing that? And that's a lot more likely. Um, uh, you, you will find us at Starbase 80 on Facebook. Uh, you will find us at Weber internet thingy, uh, on Facebook and also on YouTube. Please drop by our brand new shows go up all the time. And That's you're very right. welcome, Kirsten. If you listen to the audio version of the show, Commanders Long, leave us five stars on that Spotify Please. and that Apple podcast. But Kevin, until next time, say the words. L-L-A-P, babies. Oh, I get it.